Measure your performance to that standard every day, every week, every month, every year. And sure, without questions, you know, there are a lot of changes going on in the country. Problems, absolutely challenges, but also opportunities. Let's talk about changes. I don't care what industry we're talking about, banking, insurance, securities, food industry, telecommunications, pharmaceutical, more changes in the last three or four, four to five years than the previous 15 to 20 years. Mergers, acquisitions, consolidations, downsizing, restructuring, right-sizing. Some people call it dumb-sizing, which is a special subject all by itself. Go get the S&P 500 list, 1958, lay it down. Go get the S&P 500 list, 1998, and lay it down side by side. Guess what? Only 75 of those companies are still on that list today. The other 425 gone, history, belly up, merged, purged, pushed off the list by more creative managements. And you're gonna hear that word a lot the next 45 minutes. Fast forward to 2020. This is what the experts are telling us, and they won't be wrong. There'll be 375 companies on the list in 2020. that We don't know who they are. Never heard of them. Blip on the screen. Unaware of them. Wow. I call that opportunity. I also call that only in America. Every graduating senior this June, USA figures, he or she will have 12 to 14 different job changes in his or her career. And they're predicting three to five years from now, every college graduate will have three to five different career changes. Wow. That's a lot. How about our government? <laughs> They're in the headlines all the time. Found this a little while ago. Let me, let me just share it with you. A little boy wanted $100 badly, and he prayed for two weeks, but nothing happened. Then he decided to write God a letter requesting $100. When the postal authorities received the letter addressed to God USA, they decided to forward it to the President of the United States. The President was so impressed and touched and amused that he instructed his secretary to send the little boy a $5 bill. Thought this would appear to be a lot of money to the little boy. Little boy was delighted with the $5. Sat down to write a thank you note to God, which read, Dear God, thank you very much for sending me the money. However, I noticed that for some reason, you had to send it through Washington. And as usual, those bureaucrats deducted $95. <laughs> Today, I'd like to talk to you about some ideas, concepts, philosophies, tools that can help you prepare for excellence, even when you're already very successful. They're plain, simple, common sense ideas. And please remember, and I want to underline, please remember, they happen to work for me. It's just one or two ideas happen to work for you. You can use it in your business, life, family, whatever. Terrific. I like to call that take-home value. Now, some of you might say, well, wait a minute. I'm already doing that. I submit to each and every one of you. Can you improve upon what you're already doing? Some of you might say, well, oh, wait a minute, I've already tried that five years ago. It doesn't work. Maybe what didn't work five years ago, strategies and tactics change. Didn't work five years ago, might work today. Some of you might say, hey, that's a pretty good idea. I think I'll try that when I get back to my business or family. So idea number one, some of the best people spend their most productive time looking out the window. Looking, let me tell you a story about a hard-driving entrepreneur had tickets to New York Philharmonic. They were playing Schubert's Unfinished Symphony, one of his favorites. Suddenly he can't attend. 
So he decides to give it to one of his key employees as efficiency expert, or what is now known as his work study management executive. Entrepreneur comes back in town three days later, calls him in, how'd you like the concert? And the work study management executive was ready. He hands his boss a memo, and it went something like this. A, for considerable periods of time, the four oval players had nothing to do. <laughs> the number should be reduced, and their work spread over the whole orchestra, thus eliminating peaks of activity. All the 12 violins, this is B, all the 12 violins were playing identical notes. This seems like an unnecessary duplication. <laughs> Staff of this section should be drastically cut. If a large volume of sound is really required, this could be obtained through the use of an electronic amplifier. C, no useful purpose is served by repeating with the horns the passage that's already been handled by the strings. <laughs> If all such redundant passages were eliminated, concert could have been reduced from two hours to 20 minutes. <laughs> If Schubert had only paid attention to these matters, he probably would have been able to finish his symphony after all. Moral of the story, every organization has people who can see the big picture. Don't let them get bogged down in a lot of meaningless meetings and paper shuffling. Obvious, doesn't it? So when you see one, when you keep people looking out the window, catch yourself looking out the window, congratulate yourself. Probably doing the company a lot more good than anything else you're doing. You're thinking. Hardest, most valuable task any person performs. It's what got all of you here today and some of you tomorrow. I wish I would have said it, I did, Robert Frost did. He said, you know, the mind is a wonderful organ. Starts working the moment you get up in the morning and doesn't stop until you get to the office. <laughs> Robert Frost. And every study known to mankind, zero, zip, nothing. No correlation between IQ and creativity. It's proven over and over again. All of you can become more creative the moment you walk out of this auditorium, the entire audience. And I hope you believe that again in the next 30 or 35 minutes. If I give you a dollar and you give me a dollar, we each have a dollar. If I give you an idea, you give me an idea, we each have two ideas. When anything's been done the same way over a long period of time, sometimes it's a good sign it's being done the wrong way. So what am I saying? I'm saying think big, think bold, think creative, think stretch, think quantum leaps. Always think becoming a differentiator. Think vision. Think innovation. Think speed. Think customize. Think focus. Think flexible. And I don't care if you're running a two-person lemonade stand. Everyone in this audience must think global. Sometimes it's risky not to take a risk. And let me put it differently. If you walk backwards, You'll never stub your toe. Let's go back to vision for a moment. Helen Keller, totally blind at the age of six months, brilliant author, brilliant lecturer, cum laude graduate, Radcliffe College. She's making a speech on a college campus. Time for Q&A, questions and answers. Mean-spirited questioner asked her the following. Tell me, Ms. Keller, is losing your eyesight the worst thing in the world that can happen to anyone? No, she said, it's losing your vision. See, eyesight, of course, is what we see in front of us. Vision is all the way down the road. They did a study. This is about nine months ago, approximately. 
and it's run down by the Journal of the American Marketing Association. They went out and asked 500 CEOs, what do you have to have to survive? How are you going to make it the next five to 10 years? Answer, 81%. 81% of those CEOs said vision and innovation. And now get this, only 6% said our company's doing a good job at it. So what am I talking about this creative thinking? We're not talking about rocket science stuff here. That's all creative thinking. What is it? It's just finding a new or improved way to do anything. It's all we're talking about. I love to study, absolutely like to look at and learn from creative companies and companies that are out of the box thinking, differentiators, optimistic, winners. And I surely hope I don't alienate anyone from, this happens to be out east, but this is just, again, my personal experience. Been going to New York for a long, long time. And I think, personal opinion, I think that 75% of those cab drivers are rude and caustic. I know that 60 to 75% of those cabs are not clean. And I also know that 80 to 90% of the New York cabs have bulletproof partitions. I roll into New York, Minneapolis to LaGuardia. I get into a clean cab. Nice music coming out of the sound system. No bulletproof partition. Said I'm going to Park Lane Hotel. Cab driver turns around and says, hi, my name's Wally. And he hands me a mission statement. <laughs> a mission statement. He's going to get me there safely, courteously, on time. We pull away. Holds up a USA Today and New York Times. He said, didn't get a chance to read the newspaper on the airplane. Be my guest. And then he said on the back ledger, about five minutes more into the ride, he said there's a brown paper bag. Some of the airlines don't feed you anymore. As I recall, Snicker, Apple, and a banana. New York City going out of my tree. Another two, three minutes, he's got audio tapes all over the front seat. Hard rock.